We are continuing our series on Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, which began over a year ago in between Christmas and Lent. Last year in that time, we covered uh, the first four chapters or so of the letter, and it picks up from where it leaves off this year in between Christmas and Lent as well. So we're going to look at a few more chapters. And in the last couple of weeks, we saw that some of the issues that Paul was dealing with and starting to address had to do with marriage. In fact, last week we heard Paul address some questions that the Corinthians had about marriage, especially in situations where one spouse converted and the other did not. Because you can imagine how difficult this would be on a marriage. Imagine a nice, happy Jewish couple, and all of a sudden, one of the spouses decides to join this new religion started by a man named Jesus who claimed that he was God. You can imagine that would be difficult. So people asked, if I convert and my spouse leaves me, should I remarry? Other people who were perhaps a bit more cynical about the state of their marriage asked, if I convert to Christianity and my spouse doesn't, does that mean I get to leave my spouse to go find a new one? These are real questions that people were asking. And in all seriousness, a lot of people had some anxiety about these questions. So Paul wrote about them to try and help them. And as we heard, he says he he wants people's anxiety to go away. Paul wants people to accept their state of life, whether they're married whether they're single, and to make dedicating themselves to building the kingdom of God their highest priority. This fits in to what we heard in the second reading today. Now in this section, Paul's not bagging on marriage. Rather, he's pointing out to unmarried people that there's a freedom that comes from being single. Namely, it's a freedom to dedicate themselves more fully to the kingdom of God. This is certainly relevant to single Americans today. Many single people have a lot of anxiety over the fact that they are single. There's a very unfortunate message sent to them that if you aren't in a relationship, then there must be something wrong with you. Okay, well, that very same sense was very much a part of the world that Paul was speaking to. And so Paul says to the single people in Corinth, don't worry about those things. A married person is anxious about things of the world. An unmarried person, Paul says, is free to focus very deeply on things of the Lord. And remember, Paul isn't speaking about priests and nuns when he says this. Right? At this point in church history, there were no religious orders of nuns and monks. Okay? And priests were usually 
that is to say priests and pastors of, of these new churches, were usually married men. So Paul is simply speaking to regular people who were very new to Christianity. He's telling them that they have an opportunity to know God and to serve God in a very deep way. God really does choose those He loves to remain single and to serve a greater purpose in the church. If you are single, God has given you an opportunity for a very deep prayer life. He's given you an opportunity to dedicate yourself to the works of mercy and a service to the poor in ways that many married people aren't able to. And while this might not sound like great news to our human ways of thinking and our human wisdom, God really has given you a gift. Whether your state as a single person is... uh, whether it's something temporary or whether it's something permanent. It's true whether you've always been single or... Perhaps if life's challenges, like the death of a spouse, or perhaps even being abandoned by a spouse, has changed your circumstances. Being single and dedicated to the Lord is good. It's a gift. But aside from some of these practical things, there's another dimension in that Catholics who remain unmarried reveal the joy of the gospel when they live their state as a single person in a joy-filled way. This goes for priests, religious sisters, and brothers, as well as lay people who are single and who joyfully serve God. Look around at the way the world is right now. Consider all of the harassment scandals that we see on the news in all the ways in which we see very clearly that people lack self-control over their desires. Will ordinary people living a joy-filled single life is really part of the solution to many of these problems. People who live out their single state of life in joyful anticipation of heaven evangelize our culture in a very special way. They send a message that there is something much greater waiting for us in the next life. They send a powerful message that our deepest desires for love are not fulfilled in this life, but in the life to come. In this culture of doubt, in this culture of impatience, And yes, I will say, in this culture of perversion, joyful, celibate, and single people provide a very strong witness to eternal life. And we would be so foolish to abandon that important witness. Those who want to eliminate celibacy with the priesthood would be eliminating perhaps the strongest witness we have to our culture today. But I won't stand here and deny that it is challenging 
to live a celibate life in the present day, and I've heard from many that being a joy-filled single is also a bit difficult. Celibate uh, priests and women religious, as well as our single lay Catholics, don't always have the right support from other Catholics. You know, more than one person uh, expresses that they feel sorry for me, that I'm not married. That's the, that's the wrong attitude. Don't feel that. Don't feel that. Okay, God has called me to this way of life. He invited me, and I say yes. And it is a good way of life. But similarly, a lot of single people uh, get spoken to sometimes in very condescending ways. Single people hear, Oh, we need to find you a nice man or a nice woman. That sends a message that there's something wrong. And again, what Paul's saying is that there's nothing wrong. In fact, it's good that some people are single. Single people need to hear from other lay Catholics that they're supported in living out a single life and that we're grateful when they step up into ministries that married people might not have time for. Consider asking a single Catholic, how can I help you make the most of this opportunity? And I wouldn't say that that even goes for for just Catholics. Single people who aren't Catholic, you might help them discover that they have opportunities to serve the world in some way that will bring them some deep fulfillment. And doing good in any context actually builds a lot of faith in people. But another thing that married people can do to help Catholics live a single life, whether they're celibate and and, and have promised to remain celibate, or whether they're single uh, for a time or, or for longer, one thing married Catholics can do is to treat marriage, their own marriage, as a calling and as a vocation, rather than simply a default lifestyle choice that normal people are expected to do. Not every married Catholic really understands why God calls people to marriage and why they have been chosen for married life. Not every married Catholic, in fact, I'd say much fewer than it should be, really get that why God is interested in marriage in the first place. As married Catholics discovered more about why they've been called to be married and how God uh, wants them to live out this marriage, and when they strive to live this more deeply, it actually makes it easier for people to be single because the reality is that not everyone is called to that way of life. And I'll tell you, and I've said this before, but when I'm around married couples striving to live the fullness of married life and striving to be obedient to God's will and do so joyfully, it doesn't make me want to be married. It makes me want to follow God's will for my life. It makes me want to put God's will first and foremost. It actually strengthens my commitment to serve God 
in the priesthood as a celibate man. Now, I think I've gone on long enough. But for those of you who are single, just know that in God's eyes, there is a lot of goodness in being single. And if you're still not sure about that, if I've not convinced you, take it to prayer. Pray that God will reveal to you how he wants you to live out this way of life. And remember to thank him for the opportunities that you have to serve him as a single person.